to our fans. You're the best in the world. Thank you. And last but not least, to all those people that roll this team up, to all those people that criticise this team, tonight's for you. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of the Lot Pod, the Lot Seventeen Eight podcast. On this episode, I speak about James Bentley. Bentley Watch continues. Yep, the hype is real. I speak about Rob Biro and his guest of honor appearance at the Huddersfield game recently. Um, I give a bit of a preview to the Wigan game, which is coming up uh, tomorrow, actually, as, as I record this, and uh, a few more bits. Um, enjoy. So, Bentley Watch, James Bentley Watch, <clears throat> it has continued. Of course, it was the derby this week, Wigan versus Saints. Um, I watched the majority of this one this time for Bentley Watch, just specifically for Bentley Watch, mad. Um, and it was worth it. It was worth every second. Um, James, our James, King James, was amazing. I loved everything I saw, aggression. Um, it was obviously going to be built up as Bentley versus Bateman, which it was really. It did turn out to be that. Um, he Bentley did get simbined again. He gave Bateman a little kick to his head. Um, he's picked up a one a one match ban for that. Both Bateman obviously reacted to it because he'd just been kicked on the head. So they both got simbined. So it was another simbining for Bentley. So that's two weeks on a row. That is <laughs> being simbined, but it went to the detriment of Saints because they were easily, I think they were winning at the time, and they looked comfortable, don't quote me on that, but they were always going to beat Wigan because Wigan look awful, and obviously um, Bentley can't keep getting simbined every week because it's just going to become a liability. Obviously I'm looking at it with Leeds glasses on rather than Saints. Um, he also gave probably the best handoff since Ryan Hall in the 2014 Challenge Cup final against Cass. I think it was Kirk Dixon that Ryan Hall picked up with one hand and carried over the line before he scored. <laughs> um, probably the best handoff since since that was in this game, uh, Wigan v Saints. James Bentley just grabbed John Bateman by the scruff of his neck, one-handed, picked him up and just dropped him straight on his back. It was a thing of pure beauty. Um, If you haven't seen it, you don't have to watch the highlights of the game. You don't have to watch any tries because this is the biggest highlight of the whole game. I Please, I encourage you to, if you haven't seen it, just search for it on Twitter. I've retweeted a video of it. Probably There's been pictures all over of it, videos all over. I implore you to go and watch James Bentley choke slam 
John Bateman straight onto his back. Um, obviously, Bateman's still rusty, but it was his second game back and he completely dominated John Bateman. Now, I know I've only seen John Bateman play once this year, I think, but I don't, from the gist I get online looking on social media and reports online, I don't think he's having the best of seasons, but he has played more than Bentley and Bentley in that game, in my opinion, completely dominated him. I can't wait to see James Bentley, our James, King James, in a lead shirt. And as I mentioned earlier, he can't keep getting simbined. He has to curb his aggression because it would be a liability. But then if Leeds say to him, James, you can't play that way, you need to calm down, that's going to kill his game. In it, Leeds obviously know what they're signing. They know that how Bentley plays, and they've clearly looked and scouted Bentley and said, "He's what we need. He's what's required for our team going forward." So, I think it, I think we just have to accept that that's Bentley's game. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I think I think we need that in our side, someone to get in the opposition players' faces to rile them up. With loads of aggression, I think I think we've missed that probably since uh, Delaney, Ablett, JJB. They sort of did it, not not as in your face as Bentley, but they they were kind of wind up merchants as well. I think Bentley's got the potential to become a Leeds hero. I really do. Um, I think he'll be a bit of a cheerleader for us, a bit like Delaney was. I think he'll I think he'll definitely become a a cult hero almost instantly you just have to look at Twitter alone never mind the rest of social media on uh, when it Friday night the Wigan Saints game loads of Leeds fans on my my timeline saying they're loving what they're seeing from Bentley a, a lot of praise for him and he's not even in blue and amber yet so I think the hype is real <laughs> I think it is I'm on that Bentley train I, I'm driving that Bentley train straight to Headingley. I can't wait to see him in a Leeds shirt. I think I think as well it helps with him being a Leeds lad. He gets it. He, he really he, he totally gets it. Um probably is extremely premature, but future Leeds captain, would I be right in 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 that possibility? I, I don't see why not. Um but I've loved what I've seen so far from the two games that I've seen of Bentley, obviously since his announcement that he was signing for Leeds. John Bateman really upset. The proof's in the pudding. He took to Twitter. Um, the official Saints Twitter account tweeted a video of Bentley putting Bateman straight on his backside. And, um, Bateman had this to say, the bloke doesn't even want to play for you. Chill out, in response to the video that um, Saints, Saints tweeted. Salty John? Clearly it's riled him up. The proof's in the pudding there. Clearly he really didn't like um, uh, Bentley sending him flying. Absolutely flying. The comments on that that uh, that tweet from Bateman were pure gold. Again, if you haven't been in there, I implore you to get in those comments from that tweet, if it's still there. Um, they were brilliant. They were just a gold, absolute gold mine. One Wigan fan commented, because uh, obviously Bateman said, I'll just repeat it again, 
the bloke doesn't even want to play for you, chill out, in regards to Bentley. So one Wigan fan commented, neither do 17 Wigan players, judging by that performance. <laughs> Which I just thought were brilliant. Um, again, I'm, I can't wait for Bentley. I'm driving that hype train. King James is coming. And um, the hype, the hype is real. Just a bit of a, a general Super League roundup. I won't go into too much great detail. But I'll, I'll kind of do a quick whip round of what happened in Super League. Probably missed something out, but don't hold me to it. Uh, Lee got the first win. I think I said on the previous podcast that I don't think they would win. Sean, I mentioned that. Hopefully I didn't. Anyway, they won. They won. They beat Salford at home 32-22. So, good old uh, Derek managed to get his first win with Lee. As I mentioned before, the quicker they go down, the better. We also had some news this week that Marwan Kukash is interested in a return to rugby league. And I said he would love to invest in Lee if Derek Beaumont will have him. And all I can say about that is, at least Lee won't be in Super League. So, if that double team of Kukash and Derek get do end up being together, which I do think will happen... Um, at least the Sky and Super League spotlight, as small as that spotlight may be, at least it won't be shown getting shone on on Derek and Marwan because that is a a recipe for disaster, if you ask me. Um, obviously, we're rivals round, so the every game was pretty much a derby. Um, Hull twenty three, Hull KR twenty two. That sounded like a great game. I didn't watch it at all. I think it was on the same time as Leeds United. I'm a, also a Leeds United fan, so I watched Leeds versus Everton, but I'm sure it was on the same time as that, I think. I think it was a half-two kickoff. so I didn't see any of that game. Saw a couple of highlights. I saw what it Jordan Lane's charge down for the Hulk Air drop goal. That was pretty, pretty exciting. That was a good play to finish that game off. It was right at the death. Look like another big crowd. Um, I do tend to enjoy the old derbies. Um, so I, I did miss out on that one. But again, it sounds like a good game. And uh, I, I spoke up KR on on the last podcast and they seem to have been beaten straight away. So I might be a, a poison chalice for Tony Smith's side. Um, Cass won again. Cass 23, Wakefield 14. So... Willie Poaching now, I think he's got one win, one loss, but I don't think that'll have done much in terms of his credentials for getting that that Wakefield job. I really hope he does get it, yeah, as I mentioned on the last podcast. He's a nice guy and I think he deserves a... He seems to be an assistant at one or two clubs now and I do think he deserves that chance to, um, to manage in Super League and I think Wakefield seems to be at a decent level for him, for him to start his his head coaching role, so hopefully he gets that. Always nice to see ex-Leeds players uh, in the game doing well. Obviously, as I mentioned earlier, Saint, no, I don't think I mentioned the score, actually. It were Wigan Saints, and Saints battered them. It finished Wigan 2, Saints 26. Saints look good. Saints look really good. Um, to be honest, I think the only team that could really threaten their 
Super League champion run again is Catalan are Catalan up to it the squad is without a doubt it's the best Catalan squad I've seen um, as I mentioned on another previous podcast do Catalan have the pedigree now I know they got the cup winning when it 2018 um, they've sort of flirted with the playoffs on more than one occasion can they stop Saints what do you think do they think do they have enough to to, to win the big one I suppose just getting to the grand finals an achievement in itself but I would do they have enough to knock over Saints possibly I think it's I think Catalan are the only chance that uh, the only team that are going to have any chance of, of stopping Saints Saints look good they just look like they can go through the gears and, and, and turn over sides quite easily and it's always great to see Wigan losing let's be honest you know we hate them I think every every side in the country, every side in the known galaxy, hates Wigan. So it's always great to see them to see them get beat. Um, Willie Isa picked up um, he picked up a ban for one incident. I can't remember what it was, but he only got three games for the shot to I can't remember it was. There was a Saints player on the floor and he sort of essentially shoulder charged his head going collapsing on him falling into the tackle it was disgusting it was an absolutely disgusting shot one of the worst I've seen in years years maybe a decade and the RFL have looked at that and the match review panel have looked at that and they've all agreed three games is sufficient for that diabolical horrific challenge Um it were cowardly, extremely cowardly, um, and personally, I think his season should have been over. I think there's, I'm not sure actually, because each team's played a different amount of games, but I think there's five or six games left for Leeds, um, four, five, six games left. It should have been his season. Um, everyone would, I think the majority of people listening to this would have agreed with that, that his season should be over. But the RFL, we we just does it surprise you? It doesn't surprise me that they've only given him three games. Nothing surprises me in rugby league anymore. I just laugh. I just I think if you don't, you'll cry. You know, whenever you think of debates and people say when you talk about the state of the game, I try my best to avoid that conversation because it's just I just find it. I don't know about you, but I find it so dour. And when when you think of the the current state of the game's in. I just don't think it's worth thinking about. I always try to, as best I can, think of the positives, but when it comes to the RFL, it's just, it brings me down almost instantly. So I still got four games in total, but he only got three for that dog shot, which is absolutely diabolical. And pathetic of the RFL match review panel. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Beggar's belief. Anyway, let's move on. don't want to bring this podcast down as well. Uh, Wire versus Catalan got postponed. I think there's been an outbreak of uh, COVID-19 in the Catalan camp. There's also threats of their game versus Salford getting postponed as well. Um, so it was the rivals round. Um, Leeds beat Huddersfield 18-12. I miss Bradford. I do. The, the games against Castleford, Huddersfield... Um, 
What else am I missing? Wakefield, sorry. They just don't do it justice. I, I really do miss the old the old Bradford games. Um, it, it, it'd be nice to have them back, it would. Even if they did come up, I would like to see them have a strong, a strong side. Uh, a strong enough side to be able to stay in Super League. It'd be nice. I miss it. I'd like them back. Um, so it, were, it, it was rivals round uh, in this round of games. There were loads of boring chat on social media about which dab is the best. I find it boring. I don't know about you, but I just think it's boring. It's an argument. It's one of them arguments you never win. Like when someone says, oh, so-and-so's the best ever player for Leeds, and then someone else will say someone else. You're sort of both right, but you're not going to change their mind, and they're not going to change your mind. It's all about opinions in it, but I just think it's really boring. Like, just debating what's bigger, the whole derby or Saints, Wigan. I just think it's so boring. It's In fact, I find it almost as boring as Rugby League versus Rugby Union. Hold that plane! You, you can't go in there! It's okay! I'm a limo driver! So just go through the Super League table to finish off the roundup of, well, the general Super League roundup from after Rivals round. The Super League table looks like this. We've got Catalan in first. Saints second, Wire third, Wigan fourth, Ulkayar in fifth, Ul FC in sixth, and Leeds were in seventh. Now, I've took this table from the BBC Super League table because they have the points available rather than... They also have the win percentage, obviously, but they have the points available. So I'll just go through the points as well. Carolina first with 32 points, Saints second with 26 points, uh, one in a third with 23 points. Wigan a fourth with 24 points. Don't ask me why. Uh, Hull KR a fifth with 16 points. Hull FC a sixth with 17 points. And Leeds were seventh with 20 points. Now obviously there's been different uh, amounts of games played. For instance, we've played 19. Hull KR played 15. So the win percentage takes takes over there. And that's obviously why... Hull KR above us and etc etc. As I've said before, I, I'm not getting involved in the win percentage thing because it's boring. It's only here for a year, and personally, my I just cannot be bothered with it. Something that stuck out for me though is Saints have only conceded 140 points against them. I think that's I think that's really impressive. I mean, Leeds we've conceded 344 points to put it in some context and I think Lee have conceded 660 something but Saints have only conceded 140 points and I think I think they're going to take some beating to a to, to a whoever beats Saints they're going to they're going to win the grand final for me um, in terms of top scorers for Leeds we've they're all joint on 8 tries and I, I just think we need more I think we need someone to get Maybe 15 tries a year for us. I know it's a couple of games to go, but we've got Cruz Lehman, Jack Broadbent and Tom Briscoe. They're all on eight tries. And when you consider the games Jack Broadbent has played, um, I think I think we'd, we need more from our outside backs. I know we've been patched up this year with injuries, but looking to 2022 and 
the decent ball they're hopefully going to get from Caesar, Austin and, and Gale, these outside backs. I'm hoping next year we can have one of these players, these outside backs, get closer to 15, maybe 20 tries. I just think at the moment, eight tries, Liam and Broadbent and Briscoe are top scorers. Hopefully we can squeeze a bit more out of those edges next year. Rob Burrow was obviously at Headingley for the Huddersfield game as a guest of honour. Um, it was brilliant to see Rob and Lindsay and all the family there. It, it, it was amazing. It was an incredible atmosphere. It was quite difficult to sum up. Um, if you were there, you know fine well what it felt like. Um, I think it lifted everyone in the ground. In fact, there's no doubt. There's no thinking about it. There's no doubt. Seeing Rob, Lindsay and, and all his kids there, it lifted everyone in the ground. I'm, I'm going to put Huddersfield fans uh, in that in that context as well. I think it lifted the Leeds players, without a doubt. Um, it was very emotional, but at the same time, it feels so special to see him. As I mentioned before, he inspires me every single day, without a shadow of a doubt. Rob Burrow inspires me every day. Um, so to see him out there again was special. To see the applause on the seventh minute for him was special. To see the picture of him and his son on the big screen was special. To see the Rob uh, Burrow 7 um, flag under the big screen, again, so special. And then at the end, a really nice touch from the players to... Stand with the flag from the south stand. There's only one Rob Burrow, I think the flag says. It's just so unique to to um, to see what what a, what turned out to be an, an incredible night. Obviously, Rob were there for the launch of his new book, and it seems to have sold really well. Thankfully, I think it was um, number one on Amazon's top sellers list. So I'm, I'm really chuffed about that. And just on the subject of Rob, please do go ahead and, and vote for Rob's documentary on the National Television Awards. Um, I think I'm right in saying the voting closes on, on Wednesday at midnight, something like that. It's really, really easy to vote. Um, if you just Google NTA Awards, um, it'll take you to the page and you just vote. The Rhinos have released a video showing how simple it is to um, to vote for Rob. You essentially just... You don't even have to vote for every award on the... You know, the, nom- the, the nominees. You can just skip category. Uh, just vote for Rob. You submit your answers. You vote, sorry. And all it does is ask for your name and email. And you just submit. I've got three email addresses. So I voted for Rob three times. So if you've got more than one email address, you can vote... Um, more than once, so I would uh, please do uh, consider voting for Robin. Hopefully, along with his best-selling book, the incredible documentary by the BBC could uh, could win an NTA award. So we play Wigan next on Wednesday night. We've got Wigan away. It's the retro round. It's ten pound a ticket because they're doing the prices from nineteen ninety-five. So there's quite a decent incentive to get over there, but it is. On Sky and it's it is a Wednesday night, so it's understandable if fans don't really want to fancy it or to go over or 
You prefer to just watch it on Sky? I'm not going myself. I'm, I'm going to be watching it on Sky. So the, the match review panel, I'll be the... Uh, I think I'm the only one that's not going. So I'll be, I'll be giving it a review via my spot on the sofa. Um, some team news for the Wigan game. We've got... It looks like, sorry. We've got Reese Martin, Cam Smith, Jack Broadbent and Matt Pryor were all pictured in training by the club, which is great timing to get three, maybe four players back for the Wigan game because, as I mentioned earlier, um, Willie Ice is missing. He got four games. And John Bateman's missing. He got one game. So they're banned for this one. Um, I doubt Jack Broadbent will play after such a long layoff. But... He people were saying that he was running. He has been seen running around, warming up with the team and training with the team. So Ash Hanley could be out. He limped out injured um, against Huddersfield. Could could we see Broadbent on the wing? I don't know. I'm probably be Luke Briscoe on the wing. Um, I'm not sure if Dwyer will play either. Agar said he shouldn't have played in the Huddersfield game, but he did because he said we needed. A bit of an injection towards the end. I think he were just done well, sort of unfit. I think he might have been fighting off a cold or some flu. I'm not sure, but um, he was wearing a bib in training. The training pictures that the club released, so that kind of says that they're unfit or or not playing. So we, we might be without Dwyer, but it's good to have uh, Reese Martin, Cam Smith, and Matt Pryor back because. Um, all three of them offer us so much. Obviously, Martin back with his goal kicking, so we'll. We've got our first choice goal kicker back, which is excellent news because his form's been excellent from the kicking cone. So it'd be great to have him back and, and kicking. And I think Cam Smith offers us loads from from 13, from loose forwards. Loose forwards, on it. I think he offers loads to the halves, gets us going. And, of course, Matt Pryor back with his workload. He gets through so much effort and offers so much back to the pack and on his return Pryor said I'm excited to be back obviously a bit of time off has done me a bit of good I've had time to refresh and recharge the batteries and I'm now ready for the run home so he's obviously because he does big money big minutes sorry for a for a forward so he's obviously he's had Covid so hopefully that's not affected him too much and he can finish the the season strongly Um, as I mentioned earlier Wigan versus Leeds is live on Sky Sports. It's actually live on Sky Sports Mix on Wednesday night. And I don't think you have to have a, a, a paid for Sky Sports sub to watch Sky Sports Mix. Don't quote me on that. So just for those of you listening who perhaps don't, who have Sky, but don't pay for Sky Sports, I think you do get uh, Sky Sports Mix into, in on some, some of the packages. So I would uh, just keep an eye out um, on that, just in case you something you might have overlooked. Um, the last time we played Wigan, it was in April, and if you remember rightly, we had a lot of injuries back then. Um, we lost. It finished Leeds six, Wigan nineteen, and it was actually Kyle Eastman's debut, <laughs> and he played in the halves of Reese Martin, which kind of. Tells you everything you need to know about the injury injury crisis that was still seem to be living in. I know it got slightly better, but we've lost even a few more players again. 
Kyle Eastman, that whole scenario, that whole episode to me, I'm not sure about you, but that just feels like it happened years ago. Like, to me, it don't feel like that happened this season. It just feels like two seasons ago, at the bare minimum. I can't believe that was 2021. It's similar to me. I'm not sure about you, but Trent Merrin. Trent Merrin left at the start, like pre-season, I think, of the 2020 campaign. So he played the whole of 2019. And if my memory serves me correct, I'm sure he turned up for pre-season last year and then got a deal with the Dragons in the NRL. Now, again to me, Trent Merrin left Leeds like five years ago. It might just be me going mad, but it does not feel like we had Trent Merrin that 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 soon, that, that long ago. It feels much longer. Along with Eastmond, it feels much, much longer. And, well, you can say what you like about Zach Hardacre and a lot of people have and a lot has been said about him obviously he's had many issues off the field and he's blocked me on Twitter I think he's blocked a lot of people on Twitter but I'm certainly blocked I can't ever remember talking about him or to him but I've obviously said something that's upset him but you can say what you like about him but off the field perhaps even on it but on it he's a good player and I think his honours speak for themselves. He played for Leeds for five years. And he won three grand finals, two Challenge Cups, one World Club Cup, one League Leader Shield. Now, that's, what, five, seven honours I make it? Seven honours he won at Leeds? That's an enormous pedigree. Zach Hardacre has a better honours board than most rugby league clubs. Cruz Leeming has been waxing lyrical about our current crop of young stars. I think I've mentioned on every podcast I've done about how uh, impressed I am and how much I'm looking forward to watching our current young crop of stars break through into the first team. But Leeming had this to say about our current crop of young stars. He said to the Evening Post, I don't want to be biased in saying this, and I might be wrong, but I think we've got the best crop of young players in the whole of Super League. It has been like, we are giving you a game because we've got nobody else, and we need you to perform at a really high standard because we need to win. The pressure they've been put under and the way they've dealt with it. Morgan Gannon looked like a seasoned pro out there on Friday against Huddersfield. He was really good. I think we've got the best crop of young players coming through and it's a really exciting time for Leeds. I suppose you could say Leeming was gleaming over at our young stars. And I agree with him. I'm sure everyone listening to this, it's like where we said on the match review panel this week with Josh. Um, it's such an exciting crop of young players. Clearly, the, the, the Leeming's not that old, but the, the older seasoned pros at the club um, think the same. They also think it's just as exciting. And uh, Leeming's had a good year himself. Um, would you 
would you go as far as to say Leeming's being our player of the year? I think he'd run Matt Pryor. Matt Pryor, sorry. I don't know who Matt Pryor is. Matt, uh, Matt Pryor and uh, Richie Myler and uh, Aledsky close for player of the year. Um, I mentioned before, could be right in saying Leeming's our half, certainly our best halfback of the year. So it's been high, high praise from Cruz Leeming on our current crop of young stars. And I think... I think everyone listening to this has to agree with him. I think it is the best crop of young players coming through in Super League. So I asked on Twitter recently, um, I asked, what position, if any, do you think we need to strengthen and make a signing for in 2022? Obviously, it's been confirmed we've signed James Bentley uh, for second row. We've signed Blake Austin and Aidan Caesar for the halves. So I just wanted to get a feel for any other positions that people might think we need strengthening. Strengthening in. And Mike Andrews said, Prop, we need a fourth big beast to go with Matty, Tom and Mickey. Um, I do, I agree with that. I do think we're a prop sure. And as I mentioned before, um, I think Conrad Hurrell's going to leave the club. So that will leave us with an overseas and a marquee spot. So come the off-season in the NRL... I think we'll be in with a shot of certainly offering one of these, should, a, should a, a big name prop become available, we'll be in with a chance of um, of hopefully bringing them over to, to bolster our, our props and our, our pack. And um, Adam said, a winger who can average 15 to 20 tries a season. And I, do, I tend to agree with that, but then again, we do have some young talent in the academy that I would like to see given a chance on on the wing, you know, Liam Liam Tindall or Corey Hall I'll give them a give them maybe the first shot of first shot at, at that wing position. But again it depends on who becomes available in the NRL if someone with the pedigree of Jordan Rapana, let's say, I'm fairly sure he's still available. Don't quote me on that, but if someone went like him were to come over that would be some real quality for a year or two. Um, Duncan Childs answers a prop again and move to Ivano to prop. He's proven he's not a minute man and if we used him properly, he'd give us whack in defence. No point in signing a winger as Tyndall will be good enough. I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, I think Ivano can switch between the two, between loose and prop. He's certainly got... He's a bit of a hit man. He likes putting a bigot in, so I agree that it gives us loads in in D, and um, maybe resting him and spelling him at prop could even it could like as Duncan said, he might even be even more effective. So I do agree with that. And again, I do think Tyndall uh, deserves that first first chance on on a on a wing spot should one become available in 2022 or 2023. Uh, Gipton Rhino says, same as it was this time last year, a beast of a prop in the satire or passing mould. To have some big impact again, another another person saying that we're a prop short, um, and again to repeat myself, I agree with that. I suppose it's just finding that that prop who can come on and give us that impact. But like I mentioned, maybe in the off season in the NRL, someone will become available and we can offer them a deal. Uh, James also says we've needed a winger for ages, perhaps. Um, Maybe someone to score a few more tries than what our current wingers have uh, been scoring. 
Uh, David says, it depends on what's coming through the academy. If we are signing someone for three years, then pathways have to be considered. I'm a bit unsure on Tyndall. If he was well thought of, I would have expected him. Expected, sorry. If he was well thought of, I would have expected him to be around the squad, not out on loan. But I suppose Tyndall going out on loan is part of his development and, and getting games under his belt, playing against men, essentially, because he's still an academy player. So I, I don't think that's to his detriment. I think that's more to to get more games under his belt. I think everyone's well aware of the potential he has, that Tyndall has. So going out on loan for me is a, is, is a good thing because um, obviously there's no reserve grade or anything like that now. So... I think I'd prefer him to be playing on loan rather than just be hanging around the squad. Um, I'm sure he still sees enough and speaks enough to Richard Agar to be involved. Uh, Rhinos Faithful said, um, a prop. With King leaving, that leaves us short at prop. I'd move Tetevano to prop and then another in reserve. A Ledscape prior Tetevano, Horroyd, plus another prop would be great. I'm not fussed about the wing position. I'm happy with Hanley, Briscoe, Broadbent, Hall and Tyndall. And I tend to agree with that. Um, he says that King's leaving. I'm not sure if he's got been told that or if I've missed that and that's been confirmed. But King is out of um, he is out of contract and um, I do think it looks like he will be leaving. So again, that's another overseas spot. I can't keep track. I'm not sure if we'll have two. One or two if King and her leave because we've got Caesar and Caesar and then uh, Austin coming in. I know Louis going. I suppose it depends on Martin. But again, if it could, it could be a case of if Martin leaves, we could have two overseas spot available or three. As I say, I can't keep track. But that again could mean uh, what's to say we get a quality forward, quality prop from the NRL, and a quality winger from the NRL if we have the spots. We we could see two, two quality positions filled. Should it be needed, as Rhinos Faithful said, we still got Hanley, Briscoe, Broadbent, Hall, and Tyndall. So that's five players already to take into consideration for the wing position. And just to finish this section off on a, on Twitter and the question I posed, Josh Brennan says definitely a winger. Hanley seems to be injured a fair amount and without him we look shallow. I think we look shallow for pace. Um, but then again, if we've got Broadbent, Hall and Tyndall, if they do get game time, should one of them get injured and we don't um, play Luke Briscoe or have someone else filling in, they have pace. So the pace would be there should Broadbent, Hall or Tyndall come in. We'd have some electrifying pace, which is... What I think we've we've been lacking in recent years, but we've seemed to have Hurrell and Briscoe seem to be more finishers and Hurrell's more of a... He just crashes to the line and he'll just carry anyone over. So it would be nice to see some more pace out there, but I do agree that with Rhinos Faithful, I think we've got some some decent cover there, but as I keep saying, it depends who becomes available in the NRL and what we do with our, our quarter spots this year. So there's a lot to address, but I do thank you all for getting involved with my discussions on Twitter, and I am going to start transferring some of your answers onto the podcast in future. He's going to be yellow card. I can't speak. 
So that brings the end to another podcast, another episode of The Lot Pod. Um, the next episode will be the match review panel for the Wigan game, which um, will be out later this week. So keep an eye out for that. Um, again, as I've said previously, if you are interested in coming on to review um, a Leeds game, uh, please do get in touch with me via Twitter at Lot17A. And again, I've got two guests lined up for the Wigan game for the match review panel. So once I've edited that and everything, that'll be with you So later this week. So keep an eye out for that. Again, thanks for listening and um, I'll see you next time.